Welcome to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com, where we answer the questions you ask about Metro Phoenix. I'm your host, Kayla White. In this episode, we're looking at a foundational question, the kind of thing I'm sure I learned in elementary school and promptly forgot. How did Phoenix get its name? A few people have submitted this question to us, including James Brucker and Chandler, Jackman Rice in North Phoenix, and even one newsroom editor's mom. Hi, Mrs. Bartkowski. So where did the name Phoenix come from? Producer Taya Francesca Price reports. When you think of the city of Phoenix, you might think of a sprawling, expanding place. A city surrounded by beautiful deserts, but with a rapidly growing population. As the fifth largest city in the United States, its developing nature suits its name. But why is the namesake a mythological bird said to rise from the ashes? I thought I'd start by asking if anyone does know the origin of the name. And the most common answer was... Because it's hot? <laughs> that's, that's probably why. No, because we rise from the ashes like the Venus. There you go. <laughs> uh, maybe after the birds? Because it's really hot here and it's like fire. <laughs> Honestly, I thought that was a valid point. But to get to the bottom of this question, I spoke to a historian at the City of Phoenix's Historic Preservation Office. Um, My name is Helena Reuter, and um, I am a historian by training. We met in a conference room at City Hall in downtown Phoenix. She said that the history of the City of Phoenix, as we know it, starts around the 1860s. The Pueblo Grande ruins had been abandoned for a few hundred years, and the land had only become part of the United States a couple of decades before. Miles of canals and remnants of adobe dwellings were still here when white American settlers started to arrive. The first person to come into the lower Salt River Valley uh, was a man named John Y.T. Smith. Um, And he got a contract to provide hay to Fort McDowell, which had just uh, come into uh, existence in 1865. And so he came into the lower Salt River Valley, he saw this existing hay that that was there, wild hay, and he set up a house and a hay camp along uh, the northern banks of the Salt River. And it is said that John um, W. Swilling, who also went by the name Jack, came along and um, visited uh, Smith and, you know, saw the potential there and saw the existing infrastructure um, and thought, hey, it'd be really great to kind of capitalize on this area. Soon after seeing the area, Swilling founded the Swilling Irrigation and Canal Company in 1867 and started to work off of the existing canals. 
so they, they tried to actually go to a site that was pretty close to where Tempe is, um, but the ground was so hard and they didn't really have the right kind of tools to, to work and create a dam. So they went back down by where the hay camp was, where Smith had his hay camp. They, they kind of set up their first sort of like brush dam along one of the old um, Hohokam canals there and um, started growing small-scale agriculture to supply to the vulture mine um, and, and Fort McDowell. There were different ideas for what to call the town site. Jack Swilling actually wanted to name the area Stonewall after Stonewall Jackson, who was a Confederate general in the Civil War. But the man who generally gets the credit for naming Phoenix is a man who went by the name of Daryl Dupa. Daryl Dupa was one of the guys that was one of the um, Irrigation and Canal Company officers. Um, He was an English immigrant who came here in the early 1860s and he was said to have, you know, this classical education and would have been well-versed in Greek mythology and he would have been the one to come here and, you know, and and see that, um, you know, we could build upon something um, more ancient. So that's kind of the traditional story of, of who came up with it. But, you know, you read different accounts and there's, there's different contentions about who came up with the name. <laughs> when new settlers arrived to farm along the Salt River on the northern banks, they also began to push westward. So the, that original settlement there where uh, Swilling was, um, kind of came, took on some different names. Mill City was one of the ones because they were setting up a flour mill there. Um, but it was also known as Phoenix. Um, but around 1870, uh, as people again started kind of heading further west, um, they different people kind of started jockeying for where should we actually have the town site? Where, where should the Phoenix town site be? Um, and in 1870, a group of residents came together and they, they voted, basically, that um, the town site would actually be to the west of where Swilling's operation was. Um, Swilling obviously wasn't terribly happy about that. <laughs> um, but and then in 1871, um, they actually laid out the formal town site of what's now Um, our downtown Phoenix, you know, that kind of goes from the 7th Avenue to 7th Street and McDowell South. The earliest reference I could find to the name Phoenix in in a publication was the Arizona Miner, which was a uh, Prescott publication um, from 1868, January 1st of 1868. There was a, it's unattributed, but um, there was a gentleman who wrote in to kind of talk about the new settlement of Phoenix. And, and he does specifically say, I just thought it was kind of interesting. He said that um, it would certainly be one of the most important settlements in Arizona and like the bird it derives its name from will rise like smoke from a tar kiln. It's just really hard to imagine Phoenix being called anything else, but I couldn't help wondering how the city might have been different without the symbol of the firebird. I, I, you know, I've honestly never thought about that question (laughs) because it's so ingrained um, and it's something that we just continually do here in Phoenix. We're very... um, you know, if you look at the old the old pictures of downtown Phoenix, I mean, we transition from early adobes to 19th century, you know, commercial blocks to now it's, you know, modern 
um, high rises. So you just have this perpetual, you know, tearing down the old to build up the new. And gosh, I can't even imagine like what what would have been the the ethos of of the city if it wasn't named Phoenix. Hey, it's me, Kayla again. I hope you enjoyed that quick history lesson. I love imagining an English immigrant, Daryl Dupa, looking over the valley's Hohokam ruins and saying, ah, mythology has just the right word for this. This episode was reported and produced by Taya Francesca Price. Taya helped us develop Valley 101, and then in February, she left to start a new career in California. We miss you, Taya, and hope you're having fun in San Francisco. You can follow Taya on Twitter at underscore TFPrice. Well, that's it for this episode of Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. We're loving the questions you're asking about Metro Phoenix, but you know what we haven't gotten any questions on yet? Phoenix area celebrities or chefs, esports. We've only gotten one question on school districts. We want to hear all of your questions about every person, place, or thing in Metro Phoenix. Tell us at valley101podcast.azcentral.com or on Twitter at valley101pod. And I want to thank a few people who've chatted with us on Twitter. Here's looking at you, Vincent Orlek, Jay Hines 08, and Mayor Tempe. Really, I should say thank you to each of you who are listening to this. If you're liking this show, consider telling a friend about it get them to submit a question. We want to reach as many people across Metro Phoenix as possible and every new listener helps us grow. All right, thanks for listening. New episodes drop on Mondays. See you next week.